So if anything, I have like four episodes already recorded from everything to ancestors, to having a Misa in my home, to how Chicago police be using psychics and mediums to to do their job, even though God. Okay. Anyway, I, so I have four episodes already recorded and I was like, I recorded them about a month and a half ago and I still hadn't put the podcast out officially. And so I feel like the episodes, although the information in them is still true and relevant and makes sense. And I'm talking about things that are timeless. I did talk about pop culture and reference pop culture, you know, a month and a half ago. And just the pop culture is just so off. Like, we are not talking about those same things. So I literally just woke up at like 7 in the morning. And I was like, I'm about to just re-record my entire episodes. And I'm not going to put those episodes out. I don't know, but maybe I will. Because I did say some good stuff. I did say some good stuff in them. But for right now, I mean, hey, we just going to do it like this. This is just going to be first episode. I wanted it to feel fresh. I want to feel like... It's current and like we, I'm going through the things that I'm talking about and not just like putting old shit up. And so, yeah, this is episode one. Like, Until further notice, welcome to a little juju podcast. Let's drop the intro now. It is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Confer no say. And I'll never give a play. I'll take your photos to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my bay to make them stay. But I manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestor's baby So I give them everything that they gave me yeah. OMG, I recorded the whole episode But I had to come back and say that um, In a minute for like the first 11 minutes of Once I get into the show You're going to hear my radiator. Nothing is wrong with your audio. I still live in an apartment where the radiator is not controlled by me. Like it is controlled by the apartment complex and it's loud and it's old school and the heat. Yeah. So bear with me. You know, we still working out the kinks. You know, I'm still trying to figure out how to get white noise out the background. But yes, it's not throughout the whole episode. Just wanted to let y'all know because I know some people are like, oh my God, I cannot think or focus with that. That's real. I can be like that too. So just want to let you all know it's for like 11 minutes and then the radiator sound goes away and you just hear my voice and maybe some police cars and dolls because, you know, it'd be like that. All right. Okay. Enjoy the show. All you need is a little juju. Yeah, man. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome to a little juju podcast. My name is Juju. You also might hear me say Sam for my name. I'm in this place of like having two names depending on how you know me you might know sam you might know juju but i'm gonna try to go for juju's gonna be my podcast name <laughs> that's my spirit that's my spiritual name so yeah i started this podcast a month and a half ago which those episodes aren't gonna be put out but i started this podcast because i'm going through some wild stuff y'all this spiritual life this journey this process has been so much for me. I'm getting so much knowledge every single day. I'm a part of a lot of really great uh, African traditional religious communities. And I get asked a lot of questions. So I figured I should just have a podcast. And I also talk a lot on Instagram. I make videos all the time, just rambling about stuff. And I'm like, hey, I could just make a podcast and ramble like that. that there's a platform to just talk. And not have like all those little 
you know, on Instagram, when you have a long story, it's just like little notches. They irritate me. I hate having so many notches. <laughs> like I delete parts of my story because I'm like, oh my God, all these notches. So yeah, I don't have to have the notches. I can just have a podcast and ramble for like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. And you know, this is perfect. So I, well, I practice hoodoo. I practice, <laughs> well, I practice ifa. I'm formerly Lukumi, but I no longer practice Lukumi. I am transitioning to traditional Yoruba <clears throat> Isheshe. So that's been an interesting ride. But uh, for the most part, up until the past two weeks, last two weeks, wait, yeah, two weeks ago, I was practicing Lukumi. Um, I am a medium, which means that well, I was calling it an espiritista, a spiritualist, meaning that I get mounted, also known as possessed by spirits. And that is one of the ways that I'm able to deliver messages to people through that spirit taking over my body and me then being able to communicate whatever that spirit is trying to communicate to me, to another person, whatever. Uh, so those are my main three spiritual practices. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably get into what those things are later, but that is what I practice and those are kind of the frameworks I'm coming from. All the stuff that I talk about is dealing with black folks and black people, period. Like, that's just what it is when I'm going to talk about society, when I'm referencing what's going on in the world. Most of the time, unless I say otherwise, I am talking to black people. If that bothers you, you should not be listening to this podcast because this is going to be a black ass podcast because I'm a black ass woman. I'm also a womanist, meaning that I value and protect and believe uh, black women and prioritize black women, black people always, but black women. And that's just my framework. If you have a problem with that, this ain't the podcast for you either, baby. Um, if you got a problem with anybody in the LGBT community, anybody, queer, trans, non-binary, by lesbians get if you got a problem with any of that this also it's not the podcast for you because i go every which way i decide so if that's gonna bother you you can find you another podcast but we're not doing no foolishness here i am just coming i'm just letting y'all know my frameworks and how i'm coming to this and how i will be talking about my journey and my spirituality and how there's just like no room for misogyny there's no room for patriarchy there is no room for homophobia and transphobia there's there's like <laughs> anti-blackness like there's no room for that in an atr period i don't care at least not the ones i practice and that's going to be the ones i'm speaking on so if you believe otherwise you're gonna be stressed and vexed listening to this podcast but honestly like when i hear people like like homophobic babalows and shit like really make my ass itch and like just homophobic people who practice in general because it's so rampant in these in these communities i mean it's rampant in any in in communities generally but like i just hate hearing about people who just don't understand variances of gender when like we have whole ass deities who vary in gender who change gender or are referred to as different pronouns depending on the path like obatala like even olokun like there there's just these are both orishas like there's just such a broad spectrum i mean in even different ways that oshun like has been has been talked about being like a warrior and like stronger than any man like so I just don't want to hear that so I'm, I just no there's just no room for that that's not how we're going to get free babes it's really not so that is how yeah that's just where I'm coming from with it and that's just it um also the show is not for appropriators I am here to announce that hoodoo is for black people May conjure black again. Those hats. Yeah, that's me. If you've seen those around, those hats, that's all me. I am so sick and tired of not having 
black people be at the forefront of ATRs. Who, whether that's hoodoo, whether that's Ifa, whether that's voodoo, anything. I don't want to learn about it from somebody who is not black. That doesn't make sense to me. That is not okay to me. That is some fool shit. And, and no, I should not only see books and resources and articles written by white people about black ass spirituality. Like you're not going to repackage that for me. You're not going to sell us our stuff back. So this podcast is also just me like taking back, taking back what is ours. And so many people, black folk are returning to these indigenous practices. And it's so crucial and important. And it means something. It means something that it's happening right now. It means something that's happening in this digital age with like, a lot of millennials, to be honest, leading the way. And it's a powerful moment. And I just wanted to kind of put my voice kind of into that, this like bubbling pot of our ancestors calling us all back at the same time. So yeah, we, we don't, we're not having that here. This is, this is black. <laughs> black. You can't sell us our stuff back. We have the power. It is our birthright. Black people, it is your birthright to practice these different religions black folk of the diaspora we have so much <laughs> varying bloods in us we are not just usually not just from one specific nation we have so much congo i you know i'm congo and i also have yoruba blood and i also have mende blood like west and central so we have we are entitled to practice what calls us we have a option to choose because we just have so much in us um at least speaking for myself as a black american person so that's why i practice a little bit of everything i practice what i feel called to and yeah black people to the front of it so i hope y'all enjoy you know i'm still kind of working through the kinks (laughs) working through like sound stuff and also like content like what folks want to hear but mostly I'm just gonna be talking about my experience and and sharing some of the knowledge that I get because I get so much and like I said before I get asked so many questions so I'm like yo I can just practice through podcasting and through oral tradition which you know that's how our people have been able to keep many of these traditions hey they many were not written down many we're not put in books until way later. So oral tradition is just black. And in this age, like podcasting is, I think, a way for black folk to really um, kind of combine our ancestral, like, is the word orator, orator, orator skills and be a part of this <laughs> millennia and put it online which is what we do for anything so like just this really interesting blend of like being in the digital world but also being going back and like learning about what we used to do and and how we used to protect ourselves how we used to feed ourselves how we used to heal heal ourselves and putting like our medicine back like using our medicine using the medicines that the earth gives us like we, we just have that, we can do that and have the capability of doing that. So this is just my journey and trying to figure it all out. And I'm happy that y'all decided to join me for whatever reason that you decided to see what this is about, to see what I'm rambling about, to be nosy, <laughs> to keep tabs, but also you like to learn um, and to share information with me. So I have a lot of really fun ideas for the future, really amazing folks that I want to interview who know a lot more than me and yeah I just I think this will this will be a good time I'm I'm just hella excited and and proud of myself that I even decided to to do this (laughs) like for real so I yeah I haven't been practicing super long I built my altar maybe two years ago and Well, funny story. I actually had an altar in college in my dorm room. It was, the thought was there. It wasn't built. 
the thought was there. So I'll just say that I didn't know how to build an altar or what it was for, but I just felt, I actually read a book. It was an Ayanna Vincent book, actually. That is queen mother to me. I know she's problematic, but that's literally my queen mother. So I was reading an Ayanna book, one that she doesn't promote, by the way. And this was like her book about just her life and just all the wild stuff. She has a story, okay, y'all? So this was like all about her, just the skeletons in her closet. She literally, this was like her first book she ever put out back in the day. So I was reading that book and she talked about having an altar and how her grandmother used to teach her about herbs and roots and how her grandmother was a medium or a spiritualist in some sense. Her grandmother was black and native American. Yeah, black and native. And so yeah, she was just talking about altars and then something in that just clicked in me. I was like, yo, I have to build an altar. Like it was just, no. I, that was the first time I really ever saw anything about it. And I just, I, I just needed to build an altar. So I built this makeshift thing in my dorm room and it was cool. Like I was sitting stuff on it that I wasn't supposed to like leaving my phone. Like the intention was there though. And that was just kind of like my first interaction with like knowing I needed to do something. I didn't know why or what, but I just like built this little altar. And so then it's, then the altar came down after I probably I moved apartments or dorms or whatever. So then fast forward four years, five years, actually maybe three years. I, I'm trying to think of why I built an altar three years ago. Why I decided to, I think I would attribute it to my Isha maybe. Maisha is one of my elders, also a friend, also just a bomb-ass motherfucker with Cognac and Conjure. You should check her out. But I feel like her just posting so openly about her uh, spiritual practices made me like, something in me was like, yo, I feel like I need to be building an altar. Like, I don't know what she's talking about half the time, but this feels like something I need to pay attention to. So then I started looking on YouTube, how to build an altar. And then she started this group called Reclaiming Conjure on Facebook. And it's a hoodoo group. And I was like, yo, I I just, I don't know. After that moment, after I built my altar and joined Reclaiming Conjure, my life just completely changed I mean I started sitting at my altar regularly I'm getting messages I'm realizing I'm claircognizant I'm like wait how do I know this stuff I'm getting tea about family members I'm dreaming I'm like just so much stuff is just happening and now I'm just here and like overflowing with gifts and I really am saying that in the most humble way possible but like my ancestors were like finally sis like welcome we've been waiting for you and here you go you're about to be a priestess and here you go these are your gifts and you need to be healing yourself because you're going to be doing a lot of healing work for other people and these are dead people and you're going to start seeing them soon and (laughs) like you're going to be getting messages and you're going to be divining and oh yeah you're going to get possessed that's interesting yep there you go babe like and i'm just like oh oh Okay. Oh, and here's Lukumi. Here's Ifa. This is what you're going to practice. Oh, okay. This is what you're going to be doing. Oh yeah. You're going to be a priestess in that. Don't worry. We got you. Oh, you're also going to be initiated into <laughs> So I, oh, y'all, I'm sure it'll just come out all the things that I, I'm experiencing right now, but it is a lot, but I would not change my life for anything. I would not change this life for anything, you know, at the beginning, at the beginning of this life, I chose the, and said that this is what I wanted to be and this is what I wanted to do. So I'm here to do that. And yeah, I'm here to do that. So it definitely is hard. It's definitely not always sexy or glamorous, this work, because it comes with a lot of just shit that you have to think about that you did not have to think about before but probably should have been thinking about before but wasn't and you have to get your protections up and then people you know people watching you like you can't say too much but like you want to get the information out but you don't want people to like steal your ideas and you can't talk about rituals too much because you can't do that but like also you want to be forthcoming around information for other black folk because we've been it's been hidden from a lot of us for so long 
And then you got haters. And then, like, you got to have spiritual protections because people, like, low-key don't be wanting you to succeed or think that there's not enough room for all of us to be amazing practitioners. Like, we all have different gifts and we all can contribute something. And there was a reason that we all decided to, to live this life at the beginning of our lives. So like, I just don't be understanding what the, what the shade is and people throwing at you throwing work. That means like people hexing, you know, and all this hexing and hex happy. And, you know, then you start getting emails about how to keep, how to keep your man around and how can you bind them And oh, child, I'll be like, this is too much. This is too much. But I mean, we, we, it's, we haven't had access to it. So people are trying to figure it out. People are like, oh, it's a way I can keep my, my man, stop him from cheating. I've been waiting for this. So like, I get it, but y'all, we got to do better. Like this is, this is, it is not for no reason that our ancestors are calling us all back around the same time in this day and age. It is not for no reason. So we have to figure out I mean, <clears throat> we know the reason. Shit got to change. This They like, nah, this is not it. This is not what I see for y'all. This is not what we see for this world. Shit got to change. So we got to do the work. It's bigger than binding, y'all. Our ancestors had to bind for the reasons that they had to bind men to them. Because of patriarchy. Because if you did not have... <clears throat> you know, a man in the home or if a man is leaving you for another woman, who going to take care of the kids? Who going to bring in the money? Who's going to make sure the family's okay? So we need to buy these niggas because <laughs> they be acting like trash. So yeah, our ancestors did it. And to be honest, that's still a very true narrative today. Still, especially if, I mean, that's, men are still making more. So cis men. So, yeah, I guess. But no, we don't have to bind them anymore, guys. There are so many other ways to get this money. There are so many other ways to feel love. There are so many other ways to heal ourselves that are not that are not that. <laughs> so don't let me start. Don't don't get me on that soapbox. But yeah, so it's just not for no reason that we're all doing this. Shit. So like we have to really put our freaking powers together, our, our rings together and, and do something different and, and build the world that we want to see and tear this shit down. Like our people did, like our ancestors did. And so it's so important for black people. And I'm always saying this to connect with our ancestors first, 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 first. They are numero uno always. They are you. No need to be jumping to know Orisha and I'm still seeing it. And I know people, I feel like people have been saying this a lot, but like we don't have to jump to deities the minute we find out about them. Like you, you might have deities in your bloodline if you talk to your ancestors and you see what they had to say and some of the stuff that they were working on and doing that you can build from. Or the medicines that they know to heal you or the information that they can share that'll make you feel a little better about whatever issues and trauma that you have. Because that's what's happened for me. And once I built my connection with my ancestors, I was able to, I I mean, the, then the other doors opened for me. They was like, okay, baby, so... You built your relationship with us. Cool. Now we're going to we're going to take you over here and introduce you to this deity. And we're going to take you over here and introduce you to this tradition. Okay. We think you're ready to go here. If you skip your ancestors, you're not going to get that. And you're going to be child. It's scammers out here. It is scammers in the, these communities. There are people who just want to take your money and really don't care about your spiritual health. There are people out here wanting to care about your spiritual health, but giving readings, don't know how to read, uh, doing divinations, can't divine, <laughs> can't divine worth nothing and will take your money. And, and these, and I mean, people who like are not trying to scam people who just want to, who realize that they had a little gift and was like, Oh, I'm about to start reading for people. Like, Oh, I'm about to share my gift. Didn't take no time. Didn't get to know the answers to the way they needed to and, and sending people in the wrong direction. Mm -mm. we can't afford that 
Like this isn't even just about me. I'm not throwing shade. We just cannot afford that at the state of where we are right now as black people. We cannot afford to be out here fucking up like that, especially on our spiritual shit. Maybe we can fuck up other places. We cannot afford to fuck to fuck up in this because the stakes are high. They high as hell. So we have to really hunker down and gain the knowledge. Talk to our folks dead and alive. See how we going to join forces and, and, and get out of this mess. Like we are in terrible times right now. And I will never minimize the experiences that we are facing, the traumas and the pains that we continue to face on top of the trauma and pains that we inherited and carry with us on top of the traumas and pains that our ancestors literally are still carrying. Like right now, like as we speak, you probably have an ancestor crying out for you to speak to them because of whatever trauma that they experienced. And as a black person in the diaspora, as a black American, we know the trauma runs deep. My traumas run deep. My people's traumas runs deep. Because, I mean... Have you seen the the history books? Like, we have work to do. And it all starts with ancestors. Period. Like, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, the wheel. They, They invented the wheel. We are just on a bit of a different terrain right now. And we have to figure out how that, how we can get that wheel to run smoothly on this new terrain. But we ain't got to do half the labor that they did to get to this point. But what we do have to do is take it and use it and adapt it and polish it off. And it, it I mean, it's, it's just crucial you know, and I don't, I don't think that everyone needs to be a spiritualist out here. I'm not saying that everybody's going to be taking care of their shrines and have a tons of altars in their homes, but you need to be visiting somebody who does if you don't and getting your readings and making sure that your life is right. And at the bare minimum, you need to have an ancestor altar. All black people need to have ancestor altars. 2K18, but it's about to be 2019, 2K19 and forever. Black people, build an altar, please build an altar if you don't know how to build an altar well shit i'm about to tell you <laughs> all you need is a little juju so how i built my altar is uh i would say this is just the basic way this is how i was taught um is based on my own research and then also talking to Elders, this was kind of the general boom. Just get it like this. You're going to be good. So a table of some sort is first. But I will say that you don't have to have a table if you don't have a table. (laughs) I like to have a table. I like to use a table made from something of the earth. So like a wooden table, a metal table. But... If you got a plastic table, look, use what you have. That's that's hoodoo tip 101. Always we use what we have. Our ancestors use what they have. But an altar can also be on the ground. You know, that's also traditional in some tradition. In some traditions, that's traditional. But yeah, on the ground. Um, in cigar boxes, if you don't want to have like this open display or it's not safe for you to do it super openly right now. You can put it in a trunk, make space, make space. But I'm just going to talk about it and referencing just from through a table because that's what I have. So you have a table. On that table, white cloth. White is a reflective color. It attracts spirit. Um, it attracts benevolent spirits. It is a color of purity and cleanliness, which is next to godliness. Listen. Ancestors and deities, ATRs don't play about cleanliness. <laughs> Wash your ass. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Don't be going to the altar with your breath stank. Unless they, I mean, unless they cool with that or they said otherwise. Because one time I actually did have an Ebo where I had to talk to a specific deity and I couldn't brush my teeth yet. But besides that, like, cleanliness is next to godliness. Also, I would like to add, 
I know that there have there are racialized understandings about white and black. And so, you know, when we say white represents cleanliness, you already you automatically go to. I know that I have went to like, oh, that mean white people is godly and clean. No, th- this is not these things existed before race. So let's decolonize that white is just it's just white and white people like aren't even white so you know whatever white so white that's why we use a white cloth um yeah the color white is like super important a lot of at least the traditions that i follow just like wearing white or putting white over your head when you got a spirit on you that you want to get out like yeah white cloth white cloth white cloth so you have your table, you have your white cloth. And so what goes on the table, Juju? Well, I'm going to tell you. Pictures. If you have pictures of deceased ancestors, and I mean deceased, do not have a picture of you and your deceased great-grandmother on your altar because you are not an ancestor and you don't want to rush the process. You'll be an ancestor one day. We all will be. Do not rush the process. Do not put pictures of living people on your altar. These are for our dead people. Our dead people specifically who are related to us by blood. You can have an ant. You can have. Do y'all hear my stomach growling? I don't know if the mic is picking it up, but it's very serious right now. It's, it's so serious. Um, What was I saying? Oh, yes. You can have an altar for people who are related to you, not by blood, but you want to start off with your blood. If you don't know your blood, say you were adopted or you don't mess with your blood. mm, Well, I will say that ancestor work and veneration will, will help you heal from a lot of those wounds. If you just don't mess with your blood family. Um, but I always recommend blood first if you can. So it's like, but my favorite aunt, she wasn't connected to me by blood. You can put her on a separate altar. You can put her right next to it. But blood is like, those are the people that you want on your immediate main altar. At least that is how I was taught. I'm sure it can range based on the tradition. That's the way I was taught. So blood ancestors are on the altar, on your white cloth. You want to have a candle. Candle lights attract spirit. So you want to have... Like a glass encased, I use glass encased candles, some tea lights, whatever. But light is is super important for calling spirit down. Um, And it just looks so pretty when you got your candles going. It's so nice. Um, What else? So we got pictures. We have our light incense um, to represent the elements of air, I've heard actually is, is good. Also, it smells calling certain spirits depending on the scent. Incense also cleans a space depending on what it is. I have dragon's blood. My my ancestors really like when I burn dragon's blood incense. So try that. Nagshampa. I haven't bought that in a while, but also another go-to. And sandalwood is a good protective um, incense to use. So that represents the element of air. I've heard that you should like represent all the elements on your altar. I So I do that. Um, that was just something I found through my own research. I don't know how traditional that is, but I I like the concept. So yeah, so we have incense for air, we have fire, water, which is like the most important thing to put on. I should have said that first, a glass of water. Water is a portal. Bodies of water, glasses of water. Water is a great way to communicate with spirit. It also is um, an offering to cool spirits. Water is like holy, so water should always be present. So a glass of water, you can do shot glasses of water. I learned nine glasses of water is best. I do not have space on my altar for nine glasses of water. I need a bigger altar. So I don't have nine, but if you can fit nine, put nine up there. Or like if you have one big ass goblet or something, that can work too. So every water, candles. And I would say, to be honest... That's, I mean, so, so you do want to have like a cleansing herb up there. I use the incense to cleanse. You can use, uh, what is this? I just bought this stick. It looks like sage. It's definitely not sage, um, but it looks like sage. I can't think of what it's called, but it's been such a nice herb to burn, to kind of cleanse the space and like kind of create a protective barrier. I can't think of it. 
it'll come back to me. And um, that's the main things. And and your offerings. So lots of times spirits like and our ancestors like you can't go wrong with a black cup of coffee. Just a black cup of coffee. Can't go wrong with smokes, cigarettes, cigars or loose tobacco. Most of our ancestors engaged in tobacco chewing or smoking at some points. Liquor, you really can't go wrong with as an offering. And then food, just the things that you eat. I put a little bit of what I'm eating on my altar. If I think that they'll like it. I don't put like if I'm eating a TV dinner or something. Because I've tried that before and they were like, um, no ma'am, you can keep that. We do not want that. But if I cook, I put my food up there. Or I just cook food for them separately when I feel called to. But for the most part, they're cool with eating what, with what I eat. They're cool with eating what I eat, yeah. And that's really it. And if you're like, boo-boo, that's too much. I can't do all that. I'm I'm practicing in a house with a bunch of Christians and I'm scared they can't see my stuff. Look, get you a glass of water and a candle and make it do what it do. That's all you need. Just do that. Your ancestors know your situation. They know our experiences. They know what we can and cannot do. They know what is safe and is not safe. They know what we can pay for and not pay for. So it, it really is, are you coming from the heart? And of course, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. Like that's definitely a thing. Like, you are going to have to sacrifice some things. But um, for the most part, yeah, like they, they know your heart. Get you that glass of water and a candle. And you can do wonders with just those two things. And go forth and flourish. But ancestor altars are crucial. So let me see. Let me, did I get everything? So I got, oh, earth, that element, earth. I have stones on my altar, different protective stones and crystals um, for a variety of different needs. I, I used to be super into crystals and I'm kind of, I've kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, I don't know why, but I recently was gifted another rose quartz. I have a lot of rose quartz and I was gifted a, a rose quartz. Well, I was given a basket and I could choose. It was a whole variety of different of different crystals and I closed my eyes and I was like I'll pick the one that I need and I picked up rose quartz and I have so much rose quartz I was like damn I am not doing well in the love department I guess but I I took that as like you know self my love of self the things that I allow to happen that I know I shouldn't allow to happen um and the ways that I show love for other people and just being more clear around being grateful to the people that treat me well and just moving from love a little bit more and I'm like okay I guess I never I just didn't think that that would be like I thought I was good like in the love department I'm like oh I love myself like I love people so much I do all this stuff for people and it was like babe you not you're not doing all you think you're doing you you're doing good but you're not you're not doing all you think that you're doing like move with a little bit more love for you and I was like well damn so anyway yes all that to say, I have crystals on my altar, a few. And I, um, is my high John on my altar? No, it's next to my altar. But high John is of the earth too. That is a, the most popular root used in hoodoo, I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, high John is the, is the most popular root used in hoodoo. So... Um, we can get into more of high to uh, high John a little bit later because high John is everything, y'all. Everything. When we have a hoodoo episode, we can just talk about all of the amazing deities and and stories and folk tales that our ancestors of the of the deep south had for us and all the wisdom that they have for us. How we can use that wisdom today to make make shit better because that's exactly what they did and high john was a, a really crucial and important person and spirit and energy during enslavement of our people so i would check out some zora neil hurston if you're if you're interested but but yeah i'm going on tangent that is the altar 
It is important to build it. It is important to commune. Do, do not just have a table in your house that you call an altar, but you don't never replace the water, but you don't never sit and meditate at it. You don't ever go talk to it. You don't ever put no little grapes out, some fruits, some, some whatever you eating, some spaghetti, whatever food. Don't just have that space that you call an altar, but you don't work it because that's not really anything. That's just a space. Like, Get the energy flowing. Invite your ancestors into your home. I mean, you are their home. Like you are the embodiment of their home because you are a compilation of all of the blood, sweat, tears, and DNA of them. So like invite them in and have a physical space for them to show that you show gratitude, like to honor the folks that came before us. Um, I get a lot of questions around if, and, and just, uh, these, this is just a general question, not just me getting this question, but can you put like young people or babies on your altar? If they are related to you and they're your family, you can definitely put them up there. Ancestors are not, I know a lot of times we just imagine elders or older people because that's just who tends to die, but all people die. And if they died, they are now an ancestor and they can and deserve to be in your space. So if you had, you know, a little sibling who might pass before you or a child, yes, you can put the babies on the altar and honor them as an ancestor because they still look out too and they protect and they watch over us and they're still very important to us. So we, and we can still honor them. Mm, yeah, but just just start with the ancestors and let the rest work itself out. Cause you don't wanna skip. Cause I was looking at this meme yesterday. There's this meme of um Wiz Khalifa. He it was at I can't remember VMAs maybe, I don't remember, but he was like walking up the steps at the VMAs and he's whatever, he's in his little white suit. And then it's a picture of him next to that walking down back down those steps and this nigga like fell the fuck like he on his head feet in the air like this man really tripped <laughs> this man didn't tri- this man fell this man bust his ass um but actually someone was saying that actually wasn't wins but whatever but the the caption for it was when you try to bypass your ancestors and go straight to the orisha you will get dragged and you will fall and you will you will be humbled it's cool. A lot of us have done it, but don't skip. You don't have to skip your ancestors. The Orisha's not going nowhere. The other deities of other traditions aren't going nowhere. Also, let me not assume people know what Orishas are. Orishas are deities of the Yoruba tradition, Ifa. Um, some people call them gods and goddesses. Some people do not appreciate that. But they are deities. They are the Orishas. They represent different elements of nature. And they're very protective and powerful. Very, very powerful and amazing. I love I love my Orishas. I love the Orishas so much. But I wouldn't have access to the Orishas if I didn't have my ancestors. Let me tell y'all a story, actually. So... My therapist is actually a priestess of Oshun. She also practices Palo, which is like a Congo-based spiritual tradition. Very hands-on work. A lot of people view Palo through a negative lens because, you know, when you just want to, when you want to show somebody who boss, it's, it's a good tradition to go to. It's a good work to go to because it's like, the pots don't play, you know, like, but it's more, it's more to it than that. But I think it just, it has a negative connotation for sure. And also like in air quotes, dark, it's dark magic in air quotes, whatever that means. Why do we need these like weird dichotomies of like dark being bad and like, yeah, whatever. But it's also Loki hoodoo's cousin because they both have a lot of Congo influence and it's about like using the land to do what you need to do. So, yeah, more on Balo later. But I, th- I was actually born in Cuba, I believe, through our ancestors who were taken to Cuba. Um, and that's where it has its its roots. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, I just completely lost my train of thought. Why was I talking about Paolo? Oh, my therapist. Yeah, so she practices Paolo. She practices hoodoo as well, and she's a priest of Oshun. She practices Lukumi. She's a black woman, amazing elder in the community. And of course, my ancestors led me to her, to like, and also a medium. So pretty much practices everything that I practice. I don't practice Paolo, but everything else. So one day uh, in therapy, she was like, who do you think is more powerful, the Orisha or the ancestors? And I was like, uh, mm, the ends, uh, or uh, mm, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, so, so let me start off by saying, I don't know if it is super beneficial or matters to ask who is more powerful, but stick with me on this. So she's like, you know, if, if you had a child and like you had a, a six-year-old or something, and I came up to you and your child with some candy, would I just be able to like look at your child and give them the candy? No, I would have to ask you, can your child have this candy? And then I could give it to them. But like, I can't just walk up to you with your child and just give your child stuff. Like I gotta go through the parent. I gotta go through the guardian. I have to go through who this person is responsible to. I have to go through the person that speaks for this child and on behalf of this six-year-old. So she's like, that's the same relationship with the Orishas um, and your ancestors. Like the Orishas can't just give you stuff if your ancestors say that child ain't ready. That child can't get that candy right now. Mm Mm-mm. She ain't talked to so-and-so. She ain't done enough healing work for this thing. She ain't, or they ain't do X, Y, Z. The Orishas cannot just give you some, some candy. Your ancestors are the ones that speak for you in the spirit realm because they are in the spirit realm. They are our representatives. So how they know me is, is through how they know my people who are there claiming me and speaking on behalf of me and protecting me. And making sure that ain't ain't no wild ass spirits trying to get into my life too. So that was like really powerful for me. And it was a great metaphor because I'm like, yeah, you know, the Orishas are amazing and they're powerful, but you, we, we got it. Like we, we have people who represent us in the spirit world. We have a connection to that. And your ancestors are the ones who gonna have to claim you and are the ones that can say, yeah, you can do that. No, you can't do that yet. Period. And that's just not for the Orishas. That's just for any deity that people just want to jump to. I know everyone loves Urzali. The Urzalis. I know everyone loves. Who else everybody love? It's all these deities. Santa Muerte, I guess. I don't know. It's just all these deities that people want to work with just off the bat. And they never built an ancestor altar. They never had a conversation with their ancestors. They never did none of that. Yo, we got to start at the, with ourselves. And with ourselves is with them, the ancestors. And then later, your ancestors will allow all the deities that love you and claim you and see you to give you all the candy. Because the ancestors want you to have the candy. But if you got a cavity and you still ain't went to the dentist, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have that yet. You're not ready. Because you're still not brushing your teeth. So like, that is how you have to think about this process. It is baby steps. Do not jump because you will end up messing some stuff up in your own life and it won't be worth it. It will not be worth it. It is okay. I know, I don't know why it's just not sexy to work with your aunt. It's sexy to work with deities. It's cooler. It looks more interesting. You can do that same thing with your people. Your people are interesting. You know these stories? Listen, I've learned so many daggone stories sitting at my altar through my dreams. Sad stuff too. Sad, amazing, funny. Get to know your people. Get to know your people. I know also for for queer folks, and this is a really real thing, they're like, yeah, I don't even mess with my family. My family doesn't even like acknowledge my gender doesn't acknowledge my sexual orientation doesn't acknowledge me period first of all facts that's real as hell and 
unfortunate as hell. And I actually think that a lot of this ancestral work can help heal some of those wounds that the people in the physical world, like these people, our families who don't accept us, we can take that to the ancestors. We can tell. <laughs> we can tell on who messing with us. And let's be very clear. Think about who your first ancestor was. Just think. Who could, like, your very first ancestor, like, in the whole wide world. This would probably go back to before people were forming sentences and wearing clothes. Like, think about that first person all the way until your most recent ancestor. You don't think none of them people in there was... You got all types of people in our family tree. All kinds of. It was some lesbians up in there. Like, <laughs> it was some a whole bunch of stuff up in there. It was some people with different genders and varying genders and expressions and personalities and talents. And our ancestors are more than just the people that we knew. We have the ability to connect with, like, a lot of motherfuckers, okay? A lot, 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 lot. So don't even limit yourself to like, oh, my granddaddy didn't even F with me and now he's dead. Like, I'm not about to be sitting at my altar. It is bigger than your granddaddy. You know how many people, child, you better tap in. There's this really um little, this saying that I really like, and I don't remember who said, I feel like it was on one of those like Hotep documentaries, but it was so good. Um, he was just saying like, we are computers and the ancestors in the ancestral realm is the internet. Why would we want to be out here just being a computer with no internet? When I'm going to play that daggone, that, that a hockey game, I'm going to play a, a solitaire. After a while, I guess, oh, I'm going to play mine, mine. What's that thing called with, you, with the little bombs that pop up that you used to play when you handle internet? Why would I want to be that when I can I can get some internet access and then ha- be able to access so much more than I could have even imagined? I'm trying to tap in. You don't want to be a computer without no internet. You want the fastest Wi-Fi. We deserve the fastest Wi-Fi. So I want us all to connect with our people. This work is not... People will tell you it's demonic. How is it demonic? Like, is your family demonic? Are your family demons? Like, I'm very confused. This is not demonic work. No, this is, it has been demonized to keep us away from our history and the secrets within our lineage. And we can tap into those secrets, y'all, and have our lives change. And I just want that for all of us because we deserve that and Beyond that, we need it to stay alive and do the work that we need to do for our families and for those who come after us and when we are ancestors, you know? Look, I live my life every day so that I can be a good ancestor. Like the decisions that I make, I'm like, okay. I feel like I live for my death almost in this weird way. But, you know, I don't see death as this like super depressing, like end of life, end of all things. Like it's just another beginning to a different type of cycle of life after we die. So I'm just trying to be the most lit ancestor ever. Like I'm trying to put my mark on this world. So like when I die, I I did all the things I was supposed to do. I ain't got to come back. I ain't got to be reincarnated. I got my lessons together. And so my children and their children can venerate me and leave wigs and (laughs) and spaghetti because that's my favorite food. Leave wigs and spaghetti on the altar. And that's it. And fashion over jeans. Like. That's how I want to be venerated. So just like, I know that it's, it's scary and it's a lot and you might not have engaged with spirit in the ways that you, I mean, you might not have engaged with spirit at all, but you can. And I just want you to have your ancestral knowledge because I can't tell it to you. Another reader can can read it for you, but you are the best person to get the information. So don't sleep on your gifts. You have them and you have, you have family 
ancestral knowledge running through you and the ancestor altar is a way to channel it so that you can do what you do what you need to do and then the deities will come the blessings will come the healing will come i promise you that is not a guess that is not my thoughts that is not that that is my promise to you watch your life change but you have to be consistent and you have to put in the work you got to put in the work or it won't happen but when it starts happening, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know this was a... That's what people tell me all the time. They were like, I first started talking about altar. I felt weird. I felt like I was talking to myself. I felt like this was some weird shit. I was scared. They kept at it. Refreshing the water regularly. Sitting at their altar at least once a week. Chatting. Introducing yourself. Talking like you're talking to family. Talking like you're talking to friends. People that love you because they do. And shit, I mean, then their lives change. And like, I don't even know how I got here. That's literally my story. I have no idea how I got here. I just set up an altar and then <laughs> life was, life was life. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. This is okay. I mean, I'm here. I'm with y'all. We healing. <laughs> I guess, I guess we're healing now. So I, I just... I just want to encourage y'all for real because it's, it's so, it's so important. It's so, so, so important. And ancestors just always first ancestors to the front, period, 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 period. Oh, so I actually didn't plan on talking that much. Like I have whole segments in my brain that I wanted to discuss and I don't want the show to be more than an hour. Hmm. Okay. Let's go into the segments uh, really quickly. So I have thoughts and I'm still working through this, y'all. I, you know, it's my first podcast. It's 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 episode one. It's like kind of episode five, but it's episode one. So I'm still trying to work through segments and, and if I want to do them, if I'm just better, just blabbing the whole time. But I did want to like have a space to offer um, just some healing tools and some things that have worked for me, maybe some things that I haven't tried but heard are really good to to incorporate. Just like juju-related healing tips to take with you. So, yeah, let's hop into it. This segment is Heal Yourself. All you need is a little juju. So, Heal Yourself, juju tips, life tips, herb tips, medicinal tips spirit tips you know spirit is not separate from medicine it's it's just not western bastardization of our practices and indigenous practices made medicine and spirit work two separate things and then like completely demonized the spirit part and then gave us their own corrupted version of something that did make sense at one point and then they just put a bunch of crap in the plants and then called it aspirin or whatever drugs that they've decided to make and then they have weird side effects it's just it's just weird isn't it also weird how some plants are illegal like what what where are we living <laughs> how a whole ass plant gonna be illegal how can you legalize or, or not legalize the fruits of the earth? And who's, don't get me started. But anyway, also no shade to Western meds. Listen, I I had depression. I've had depression since I can recall. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of childhood trauma. So, yeah, I've been dealing with a lot of mess. And so Western meds have definitely helped me get through that, my mental health stuff. I got PTSD as well and anxiety. So I deal with a lot of stress and a lot of and all of that. And, and Western meds, let me tell you, was it Prozac? No, it was Lexapro. Prozac didn't do too well for me. Got me through. Got me through. So I ain't got no problem with Western meds. I also be taking stuff for my cramps because I still have not found anything that is helping me with my period cramps. I have the worst period cramps known to known to freaking people. 
So, yeah, no shade to Western meds, but, like, also all the shade to Western meds because what? Not even just, like, how you've completely stolen indigenous practices and then made it weird and nasty in your own, but you, like, don't even make it accessible for people to have and then you blame people for their own illnesses. Oh, my God, I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> this is the segment, Heal Yourself. So this is actually um, something that I've done recently. This is nothing pertaining to plants or herbs. This is actually inner child work, which has been extremely beneficial. It sounds kind of woo, but who cares? It works. I believe in shit that works. If it works, that's it. So this works. I've done it, tried it, need to be incorporating it more and would also say that this will help build connections with not just your ancestors, but people in general, also to yourself. So inner child work is this process process of taking ourselves back to moments where we experienced extreme pain, violence, trauma, and, and sort of intervening in the ways that someone could have intervened for us or addressing the violence in a way that maybe no one did. And so that's how it kind of turned to trauma. Because here's the thing, I don't believe that every time violence happens means that it has to be trauma. A lot of times it turns into trauma because we don't have those interventions. We have people not believing what we say. We're too fearful to to tell the truth for that because of that fear. Um, we didn't have communal support. Uh, we had to keep experiencing that abuse. So many factors as to why violence equals trauma, but violence doesn't always have to equal trauma. If we had the right supports in place, the right people in place, if people believed our stories, if people had space for us to process therapy, meds, drugs, whatever we needed in that moment, that violence might not turn into trauma. But a lot of us don't have the resources, so that's why so much so many of us are walking around here traumatized. So inner child work is going back to those moments of violence and telling yourself the things that you needed to hear in that moment. Um, you can do it like as your older self or just like giving yourself love, like literally taking yourself back, imagining what you look like, imagining how you felt in that moment and giving yourself all that love. Like just imagine that. And it can get really like sad and make sure that you're in a safe place. You have things that you need around you. I was like crying so much when I when I did it, but I, re I really, when I was done, it's like sort of like a meditative process, but when I was done, I felt lighter. Like I felt a little bit more healed. Like I felt my wounds kind of patch up a, a little bit more just from taking myself back to one experience that I had that was super traumatic for me and giving myself and telling myself the things that I needed to hear, telling myself I didn't deserve it, telling myself that I deserved whatever so that is that is powerful work and so for heal yourself today I just want to offer that to you as a way to address some of the stuff so try it out take your time with it see how you feel afterwards but just let yourself purge and let yourself be open to giving yourself that love and giving your younger self that love your inner child because your inner child as adults a lot of us have had to intellectualize our pain so that we can continue moving forward every day we figured out how we gonna cope and that's just that it happened boom it is what it is but you still have you know the little seven-year-old or whoever who is still experiencing that sadness or pain or grief and it just was not addressed so like your your adult self has intellectualized it, but what about your young self that still lives in there that actually never got to heal? You know, so this is this is doing that work to go back to those moments and heal and not even intellectualize it. Just to be free and open to just receive love and support that you did not have in those moments. In those moments where you were not supported, giving yourself that support. So I, I hope that that works for folks. I hope that you find it, that work beneficial. I have found it extremely beneficial and we deserve that. We deserve to heal. We deserve to give ourselves love. 
we deserve all the good things and all the candies. <laughs> so um, feel free to let me know how that how that work work for you. All you need is a little juju. So I listen to this podcast called Tea with Queen and Jay. It's this womanist race nerds podcast. Great, great content. Um, great fuck the patriarchy content run by two amazing black women. But anyway, they always end their podcast. They're like, well, I guess we did a show. And I think that's so cute. And like, that's just how I feel right now. Like, yo, I did, I, we did a show. <laughs> like I, well, shit, I did a show. Like I feel like I'm really embracing this podcast stuff and interested to see how I grow and where this takes me and feedback and yeah, definitely feedback topics that y'all want to hear about hit me up i have a website my website is www.itsjujujujubae.com you can also find me on ig at it's jujubae and uh where else can you find me yeah, it's kind of it. And now you can find me on SoundCloud. One day I'm going to upload my podcast probably to other platforms. Right now, just doing the SoundCloud ting. So you already got me here. And yeah, let me know how you thought about what you thought about the episode, things that you want to want me to discuss and talk about, potential guests. I have a lot of ideas because black spirituality, I mean, that's just kind of like the content of this. So. I mean, I want to talk to some black atheists. I want to talk to the black Christians. I want to talk to the black Muslims. I want to talk to obviously like the priests and the priestesses of different traditions and the elders and the young people just getting into it. Like I just have so many ideas percolating. I love religion. I love religion and I love spiritual practices. So this is just my place to just really just get all, get all in it and and share it with y'all. So Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part, making this a part of your day. I pray that you have a beautiful day. Unless you are a hater, then, I mean, I don't care. I ain't gonna speak no negative over you, but I don't really care. But if you're not a hater, I say thank you. I pray for your blessings today that you are open and that you heal a little bit. And um, yeah, that's the show. See y'all episode two. All right, peace, y'all.